good morning, everyone. Thank you so much uh, for inviting me. It's really, really lovely. I know we stand at the front and we're meant to say that, but it really is a joy to be with you this morning. We do church in a slightly different way, which I'll perhaps share a little bit about as we go through. Um, And so I don't get to do church in this way all that often anymore. And it really is a joy to be with God's people, uh, to sing and to hear the prayers of God's people. And it really, it lifts me. So thank you for the blessing that you've already brought uh, to me. As has already been said, my name's Carmel. I'm based in Stoke-on-Trent, where I moved in September 2012, it was, after finishing uh, training for ministry at Bristol Baptist College, which is my link with Ian Oliver, who um, I understand many of you know. Um, I moved to be part of this Urban Expression team. I don't know how much you know of Urban Expression, um, it's got a quite a grand, where do I point this? <laughs> At you? There we go. It's got quite a grand uh, sort of statement about what it is. Um, Urban Expression is a mission agency that recruits, equips, deploys and networks self-financing teams, pioneering creative and relevant expressions of the Christian church in under-churched areas of the inner city. <laughs> Bit of a mouthful. They were just trying to be fancy and get it all into one sentence. Um, But it is basically what we do. There's a team of five of us um, and a small child, 18-month-old, who's a source of great joy, um, who are the Urban Expression Team Cobridge. And we've all moved there intentionally to be part of that community and to join in with what we believe God is doing there. Um, We all do different things, we all have different backgrounds, we do different jobs in order to finance ourselves being there, but we're trying to create um, this expression of church for people who actually probably wouldn't otherwise go to church. So we live between uh, three mosques and two churches, so we are a great community of faith. Spiritual uh, talk is, there's lots of it. Uh, People are quite happy to talk about issues of faith. Uh, It might be a different faith, but they're happy to talk about it. And it's a great starting point for wonderful conversation. I've been there just over two years. um, And I went into Baptist ministry thinking that I perhaps wouldn't be part of a so traditional church uh, in my leadership. I felt a call to something like this. But of course, because it's so... um, vague, you never quite know what it's going to look like. And even two years down the line, it's changing all the time. Um, There was quite a transition from going to Bristol Baptist College and learning how to be a minister, whatever that means, and then ending up in Cambridge. And I've had this sort of, yeah, time of transition where it's actually taught me so much about how, um, I'm not great at it still, but about listening more to God, about where is God already at work here? What is God doing amongst the people and how can I join in? Um, And it's, yeah, it's blessed me enormously. I brought you a little picture of, still not quite sure where to, uh, no. (laughs) Thank you. Still nothing. Ah, there we go. So this is where we live. Uh, Our house is the house at the end of that street. Um, And we try and work amongst three particular estates, which are all within a very close distance of our house. As you can see, it's quite a compact uh, area. There's a lot of people that live in a small space. Um, 
But there's now not just teams here in this country. There are teams in lots of the big cities, but there's also teams in Sweden, in the Netherlands, in North America. So it's kind of a growing movement. Um, but all of the people who were involved is, have specifically moved into the areas uh, in order to build relationships with the people who already live there and to join in with what belie- we believe God's already doing. So we don't have a a church building or a service in this kind of way, but we spend a lot of time outside, actually, literally outside, and we chat to people in the streets, um, and we chat to people at the community centre and in the park, and slowly over time we've been building relationships with people, and it's given us permission to talk um, to people about their lives, them to talk about our lives, and to talk about the things of God. And as I said before, we've all got hugely different backgrounds, different Uh, churches we've come through, different schooling, etc., etc. But we've all come together to serve in Cowbridge. And I wanted to share with you one of the key stories that has shaped um, us personally, individually, but also as a team. And it's the calling of Abraham. As you probably know, he was originally called Abram. And we're introduced to him in Genesis 11, and we don't learn much about him except that he's married to a woman named Sarai, and we're told that she's barren. And they live amongst uh, their wider family in a place called Haran. And this is where Abram encounters God, who says this to him. He says, Go from your country, your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, I can't tell you how many times we've read that. We've lost count. But I can tell you that each time I read it, there's a new excitement, because this was part of the call to go to Cobridge. And there's three things that I'd like to draw out from it for us today. Oh, we're there. Um, I probably shouldn't have said yes to this. <laughs> I'm not very good at technology. It might seem really obvious, and we've already actually heard some of it from people who have stood here already, or the songs that we've sung, but God desires to bless It's God's heart to bless. It's God's nature to bless. It's part of who he is. You might go, yeah, that's quite obvious. But actually, the enormity of what is happening here in this passage that we've just read can actually never, ever be underestimated because it's such a pivotal point in history. God created human beings, male and female, in his image. He created them to have relationship with them. He created uh, them to be in this to and fro, a harmony of relationship with them, to people who would love him and honour him and serve him and worship him. And as we know, we don't have to get far into the Bible before we realise that that wasn't a reality anymore. The fall happened. But what this marks is the beginning of God's rescue mission to draw all people and all things back to himself. And it's massive. It's only just the tip of the iceberg. It's huge. Through Abraham, 
He's, God is calling out a people to be holy, a people who can be his, who can show and mirror to the, the rest of the world what it's like to be in relationship with God, what it's like to be back in harmony with the creator of the universe. And he says, not then just through Abraham, but through judges and kings and prophets that then follow. This is the whole of the um, Old Testament. It's the same message. I love you. Come back to me. I want you. You're mine. And he offers us a choice. And sadly, again, the people don't choose it. And so God has this ultimate act where he sends his one and only son, as we just sang about, to save us. To show us what it's like to live for God. To show us what it can mean to be in relationship with God. To show us the blessing of God that he has for his people. And when I think about that, it totally blows my mind. Because we're in that line. A bit further down it, God's now calling us to be part of that. He's calling you personally because he loves you and he wants to bless you. And he's got such amazing promise for you. He's the one who knows you inside out. Better than you know yourself. And he's got good things to give you. And I don't know if in my everyday life I live in light of that promise. I think sometimes my head goes down and I'm sort of a bit trudging along. But when I read that, my eyes are lifted up again. God's got a promise for us. God's got a blessing for us. God's calling us once again this morning back to himself because he loves us and he's got great things for us. And that's not just as individuals, but as a community, as God's people in this place, he's got a blessing for you. And that was our calling to Cobridge. We felt like God wanted... We have two churches, as I said, and three mosques. And so God's got people in that place. And in God, those people are serving so faithfully. And we want to bless those people and say, you're doing a great job. There's people going to those churches, and it's brilliant. But we're so aware that there's so many people who would never, ever go into those church buildings. There's so many people who go to the mosque. Who's, who's talking to them about Jesus? Because they're never going to go into the churches. So we just felt like God was calling us to be his people in that place. And that if we took the step, as he called Abraham to do, out of where we knew, out of what was familiar, then he'd bless us. And it's a bit of a risky business, because when you've taken the step, you wait for the blessing. (laughs) And you're like, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing here. The first few months were just... Well, to be honest, they were quite hard. I'd spent all of my time in um, Bristol Baptist College preparing to go to Stoke, and I was like, I can't wait to get to go. (laughs) And was getting quite excited about it. And then I got there and was like, what do you actually do? (laughs) Because there's there's not the structure of church. There isn't the expectations in the same way of ministry. So I sat and I drank a lot of coffee, and I ate a lot of cake. And I took that as the blessing initially. But it gave me opportunity to sit and have coffee and cake with other people. And that's where the relationship started. So, yeah, don't diss coffee and cake. It's a way to blessing. Um, and that, so for each of us, we each, as I say, we come from different routes. So I'm not saying for every single person this is exactly the same route. But what I am saying is that when we step out for God, he's got blessing for us. That's the promise. No matter who you are, that's what God offers to every single one of us. God's got blessing. He desires to bless. He loves to bless.
And it might sound really obvious again, but the blessing is good. (laughs) Again, this is good news, people. I walk sometimes like I don't know this. I wonder sometimes, I get a bit sad when I look at the church, not this church or my church or any individual church, but the church. And I go, what news are we telling people? The, The news, when I switch it on like you, I despair. And when the church is on the news, it's usually for this scandal or that scandal. What good news are we bringing? What is the church, what is the message that the church has? Because God desires to bless. It's good news for every single person. God wants to build a community of people set apart for himself. And one of the things that I've um, taken such comfort and I'm so, so grateful for is having each other to remind me of these two facts, to remind me that God desires to bless, but also that the blessing's good, and to, to hang on for the good blessing. If you know the story of Abraham, you know that they tried a different way. They were like, the blessing's not coming. God said, but we have to sort of shoehorn this around to make it happen. No, 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 no. If God's promised, God's promised, it's coming. And I'm so grateful of having other people around me in this team who remind me of that. So when I am tempted to race ahead and to try and sort it out in my own strength and to try and make all the ducks line up, which I do like to do, uh, I like boxes and lists and everything that ticks, um, then they remind me, hang on a minute, (laughs) take a step back. God desires to bless. The blessing is good and it's worth waiting for. Do we remind each other of that enough? So we remind each other of that when we come together, that God is good, that he desires to bless, and that the blessing is good. It's that good that we're called not just to share it amongst ourselves, but to share it far and wide. And again, this was part of the call to go to Cobridge, was was to be blessed when we get there to to step out into the blessing that God has for us to reach the people that God wanted us to reach to be a blessing to other people so not just to store up all the blessing but to be constantly a source of and blessing to so you're just constantly being renewed in God's presence and it's a lovely ideal and there are moments where we go oh Jesus that was so good and you can so tangibly point to something and you say yes God that was so you at work and there's so many times where you're just like don't know what happened there don't know where you are but the community is still together reminding each other that God still wants to bless that his uh, blessings are good and that he wants to use us And to be honest, this is the bit that blows me away every time. It was the part that blew me away in my call. And that is that God's got this plan and purpose for you as an individual and for me. That he doesn't, he could just do all of this by himself. He's very good at blessing. He doesn't need us to be a conduit for blessing. He can just do it, and often does, thankfully. Um, by himself but the gift the absolute gift and maybe one of the biggest blessings is that he chooses to use us to bless he chooses to include us in what he's doing so that we can connect with other people so that we can see the blessing outworked in other people and that is such a joy 
I want to just tell you a really quick story about a lady called Anna, who's part of our community. Anna's had a very troubled life. Uh, She's um, had addictions to everything you can be addicted to. She's been on the streets uh, in terms of being homeless and in terms of prostitution. And um, we, the people who moved into the community first, Howard and Iona, uh, they met Anna in a cafe. And um, just yesterday she was telling this story, actually, and she said, they had this small conversation and, uh, which concluded in Anna going, Ugh, do-gooders, they won't last six months. And this is now five years on, so she had to bite her tongue a bit because um, Howard and Iona kept going back to just sit with her and chat with her and she'd just got a new flat at the time and they offered her, they'd moved to Stoke and said, uh, we've got some furniture, would you like some of that for your flat? And she was like, yeah, why are you doing this? It's a bit weird. Should I take the furniture? Oh, I need furniture, I'll have it. Um, anyway, to cut her, it's a very long and convoluted story, but it's a really beautiful story of her coming to know Jesus because she was just so intrigued. Why do these people keep coming back? Why do they keep being so nice? Why? Just what's going on? And she'd just ask, and they'd say, well, we, we felt like God called us here, and we feel actually like God's introduced us to you, and we just want to hang out with you. We, we just want to bless you. And um, she was like, right. Okay. Bring on the blessing. So she had the furniture, and, and um, they helped her to move in. And now, five years later, she calls God Eddie, because he's steady. And that's what she needs in her life. She needs someone who is constant, who doesn't change, who doesn't go up and down with the chaos of her life or with anyone else's life. But she's, So she'll come and she'll pray around. Uh, we have uh, dinner around the table on a Sunday. That's our gathering time. And uh, sometimes she'll say grace and she's like, Hey, up, Eddie. Uh, thanks for this. It's nice. Uh, over and out. Or ta She likes ta and she's just so real. And she has these most beautiful conversations with him. And she'll come and she says, I think he's saying this. What do you think? I'm like, yeah, yeah, do it. And she's now learning why Howard Nionis took around. And she's learning that now not only is she able to receive the blessing, but she's actually the one who's doing the blessing. And even that, that makes me really emotional because she's, part, she's caught up in what God is doing She's just there, and she's part of it, and she's loving it. And she, you know, not all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, by no means, but neither are mine. I'm just perhaps a little bit more eloquent sometimes. We're we're all just in this together, getting caught up in what God is doing. And she's learning the art of receiving the blessing and giving it out again. And it's incredibly beautiful. So, I wanted to share with you... Um, this story as well. Sorry, I like telling stories. I came across this a couple of years ago, and um, it's something that I've, again, taken with me and I've used a lot of times to remind me of this means by which we bless. And we showed it to Anna, and um, I'll tell you the outcome in a second. So you, you probably can't see, and that's the point, really, but this is actually a white room. It's part of an art installation that um, an artist in Australia put together. And what they did was go and find various pieces of furniture that would kit out a whole house. So they've got um, a TV and a dining room table and some chairs and some pictures and a piano and a sofa. You know, imagine your own homes, all of that. And what they did was paint it all white. 
every single thing is white. And as you can see, it kind of blurs into much of a muchness, doesn't it? And the idea about this installation was that they wanted people to interact with it. They wanted people to create in it. And so what they did was ask every person who came through this exhibition uh, if they'd like to participate. And um, it does get better, hopefully, you'll be able to see. Um, And if they did, they gave them a uh, a sheet of stickers. And so here's a mum telling a a, a little girl about the idea. She's got a sheet of stickers in front of her, and she's allowed to do whatever she wants with the stickers. And so people start going through, and um, I don't know if you can see that any better now. There's just like some little sort of whooshes up the wall and a bit of a sticker here, and all these stickers are brightly coloured, so they're all uh, quite vibrant. And then a few more people come, and a few more stickers go on, and you can start to see that there's, um, there's like a TV down here and a, a sofa in the middle, Uh, It's starting to take shape a bit. And then some more people come, some more stickers, and people start to get quite creative with the stickers. So they're all over the light shades, they're all over the table, they're all over the chairs. But you can now start to see things, can't you? You can see where things are. People, um, the furniture's starting to get shape and definition and colour. It doesn't all just merge into one. And so, although it's a little bit haphazard, (laughs) I love this one, there's a small child at a piano, just in a white t-shirt, covered in stickers. And this represents all the people who have been through the exhibition. This represents all the people who have interacted uh, with this space. And I just love, I know it's chaotic, but I love the colour. I love the fact that it goes from so indefined and so nothingness to alive with colour and bringing shape and definition. And for me, this speaks wildly of the kingdom. I feel like each of us gets a little sticker pack and that we are called to start bringing the God colours and the God flavours out in the world. And this is how we, we do the blessing I'm not saying that it's white and that there's nothing to start with, but we get to bring some definition. We get to point towards the kingdom of God in our midst. And for me, that is so colourful. If you've read um, Matthew 5, it talks about us being salt and light. But I love this version from the message that says, Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavours of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If you've lost your usefulness and will en- you've lost your usefulness, sorry, and you'll end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light barriers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you on this hilltop, on this light stand, please shine. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. 
we're the way that people see God in the world. There's a quote that comes later about us being his hands and his feet here and now. Through Howard Nayuna, just being faithful in going back to sit with Anna, she's now got this beautiful story of her Eddie, and she's now passing on the blessing to others. They stuck a sticker on her, and then when they went back, they stuck another one. And when they went back, they stuck another one, and all of a sudden, she's starting to shine. It's not that beautiful. And I feel like each one of us has, that's what God sows in us. That's the blessing that God sows in us that started in Abraham, that goes through the judges and the kings and the prophets to Jesus. And he wants to shine through us. And he wants to shine through us as individuals, wherever we end up during the week, whether it be school or the library or down the shop or at Mums and Tots or wherever it is, but also as a community of his people in this place just wanted to share some other examples of that. So just this week when I was preparing this, um, into my Twitter thing, I'm not very good at Twitter, you've got the technology thing, not down with it, but this came and it intrigued me. There's a guy called Chris Duffett who's um, an evangelist. He used to be the president of uh, the Baptist Union. And um, he was tweeting, his idea is, um, how do we help people to be the light? So we're, we're agreed that we, we should shine for Jesus, but how do we go about doing it? And he just gives really creative ideas about how we might begin to engage. And um, he saw this uh, card of these two boys who were looking for fossils uh, in a shop. And he felt like God was saying, I just want you to write some notes to people. I just want you to simply bless people by writing them a little note. And so he wrote this note here. And uh, he felt like the boys were looking for something, like that they were searching in the fossils. And so he wrote the verse about, um, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. And um, he gave this to this lady. He didn't know her very well, but he gave it to this lady and just said, I just really wanted to bless you. And she came back and just said, I just want to let you know that you have totally blessed my socks off. I have two boys and they're searching for God. And I desperately, desperately want Uh, them to to find him, to know him, to love him. And um, you've just blessed my socks off. He had no idea, absolutely no idea that that's what it was, but he was just faithful in passing on the blessing. We can all do that, can't we? We can all write a little card, write a little note. My friend used to do this when we shared a house. She'd put um, notes on the fridge or go to the bathroom, you know. I don't know if you like me in the morning, not very good. (laughs) And I'd be brushing my teeth and I'd be like, There'd be a note on the bathroom mirror going, morning, beautiful. Uh, Just wanted to say how loved you are. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) No, it wasn't. I was like, oh, it's so lovely. We can all do that. We can bless people. And we don't know what God's going to do through it. Have we got another one? Another quick story. I was recently in Switzerland. And something really stupidly but that blessed me was the flowers. Has anyone been to Switzerland? It's just stunning. Like everywhere, we arrived in the dark and I was a bit grumpy because the whole day of transport hadn't worked. Like the plane was late, the tr- you know, it just all didn't work. And we got there in the dark and I was like, I need to go to bed. And then I woke up the next morning and was like, oh my word. It's just stunning. Totally recommend it. Absolutely. Um, again, bless my socks off. But what everyone does in Switzerland is they have um, flowers on the front of their houses. And it was so noticeable when people didn't have flowers on the front of their houses, how much duller it looked. And then this was just a really obvious thing, but I was totally blessed walking past the houses going, look, it's totally glorious and beautiful. It's brightened my day. 
really simple thing to do that might encourage someone, that might bless someone. I don't know if I'm doing... Oh, thank you. Yarn bombing. Has anyone heard of yarn bombing? This is another of my favourite things. I'm not sure it shows up very well on this, but uh, we were walking along uh, the side of a lake and there was a tree and it was all dressed up as if it was going to a party and people had knitted a little frock for it and then they'd spent time sewing it around the trunk of the tree uh, and it was all colourful and bright. And again, I just thought, people have invested in that. It's beautiful. It looks nice. It, it blessed me. I'm quite a visual person, so maybe that sort of thing ticks my boxes, but... Uh, somebody mentioned a litter pick. You litter, somebody's litter picking. Yeah. We did a litter pick the other week in our community. Um, and this guy here, Mahmood, he lives over the road from me. And he'd said, um, oh, I've probably started this story in the wrong place. I'll go with it. He'd said, I really want to sort out my street. It's a real mess. Where we live, there's not a lot of pride taken in people's houses or the streets. There's a lot of rubbish uh, there's loads of fly tipping. If you've done with a mattress, it just goes in the alley, sofa, whatever. And he was just like, it's really getting me down. And I was like, do you know what? I can totally understand that because I've just been to this really beautiful place where people take a lot of pride in what they do and it really blessed me. And he says, we need to do something about it. I says, all right. Because so, I'm a community organiser, so this is the sort of thing I'd help people to do. So I said, Mahmood, why don't you just go and knock on the doors of the folk in your street? You know quite a lot of them anyway, and see if they want to help you, and we'll, we'll get some litter pickers and all the paraphernalia, and we'll, we'll clear up the street. And he says, all right. So he goes off, and I think he'll be ten minutes, so I'm sort of waiting with my cup of tea. And he comes and knocks on the doors three hours later. Like, Mahmood, where have you been? You've not been out all that time. Did you get, you know? He's like, no, I did. I've been chatting to my neighbours. It's amazing. <laughs> and I was like... All right, what about? And he's like, well, the street, they all want to come out and do the street. And I was like, all? And he's like, yeah, I've got 42 names. <laughs> okay. So he's got them all on the list and he's got their phone number. And um, he goes, do you know what? While I was going around, I've had this other idea. I think we need to not just pick up the litter, but we need to, uh, we need to add some colour. So I want to do hanging baskets. And I'm like, this is getting bigger and bigger. I'm just still having my cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I'm blown away. So I'm like, yeah, hanging baskets, great. So we organised, just in a week, it, it wasn't a big thing. We um, got some end-of-season hanging baskets from Poundland, and the councillor gave us some plants to put in them. And we had a little working party, and we had some tea together, and we made up these hanging baskets. And then on the Saturday morning, we went and set up a table outside Mahmood's house and um, waited. And I was like, how many people are going to come? 42 people, no. And then this lot turned up, and we had an army. There was over 50 at one point. And I, honestly, just totally blown away by what God's doing, that this many people are so passionate about their street, and all it took was my mood knocking on the door and going, I want to do something. The sense of community, the sense of pride. And for me, that's God. And my mood said, why are you so excited about this? Is it, you know, I know it's your job, but you seem a bit overexcited. And I was like, to me, my mood, this is something about God. You know, I think God doesn't want the place to look a wreck. I don't think he um, likes it when it's all grey and there's all this rubbish everywhere. To me, this is a God thing. This is a kingdom thing, we'd say. And so I was able to talk to him a bit about the kingdom of God, which I don't know where it landed, but it's there, isn't it? It's there. It's out there. It's what God's doing. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Blessing us so that we can bless other people. 
This is what I think we should be. An explosion of joy. Really tangible expressions of the kingdom of God. And I'm not saying this against telling people about Jesus. I'm saying it so we can tell people about Jesus. What would it look like if every single church was a tangible expression of the kingdom of God? If we were all just these little explosions of joy and if we were known in our communities for being so. If we were the people who brought good news, which yes, is about Jesus and it's about our salvation. And it's a, but it's also about starting with where we're at in communities. For me, it's starting with the rubbish. You know, this is not what God wants for you. There's more. God wants to raise our aspirations. He wants to raise um, the pride that we have in our community. The shoeboxes, what an amazing example of, you know, something that starts small and just ripples out. It's an explosion of joy for the kingdom of God. The invitation is to come and to get stuck in because Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. I want to leave us with a song um, just as we reflect on what we've heard and maybe think about the week that's to come. How might God be calling you to be this explosion of joy? In what places does God want to bless you and make you a blessing? And if there's something that you can, again, tangibly hold on to and go, maybe when I go to... I will take. Maybe I will visit. Something that just concrete that we can say, let's have a go at this this week of being an explosion of joy. Because if each one is a little explosion, it's going to be this mass of joy for the kingdom. Thank you. We are blessed.